Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, the almost thought it wouldn't happen, Max Pacioretty. Now Jarvis puts a shot right on Corpusala with the same rebound, deflection, they score! There's the first one, trip. Max Pacioretty's first one in a Carolina Hurricanes uniform. Taking a look, he's got Ajo back for Burns. Burns, he's watched there by Nyquist. Games get it. Out in front and a shot, no score. Pacioretty again! Max Pacioretty! That's right, you hold it right. Right from the top, we'll lead with Max Pacioretty makes his Carolina Hurricanes debut against Nashville in PNC Arena. It was a great game. And before we get into the, the heavy part of this episode, and trust me, there were some heavy topics we're going to talk about, I just wanted to mention that Max Pacioretty has finally joined the lineup. It's a good time. And from there, we'll roll the intro, and things will get much worse for the Carolina Hurricanes. 9,393 days of frustration, and on the 9394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. And we are back. Um, uh, just, yep. Yeah. Okay. You know what? We are 20 minutes after the Carolina Hurricanes fall to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the shootout. And uh, emotions are running a little bit high. I've learned my lesson from the Boston game. So I will not get over emotional. I'm not going to, you know. Whoa, this league is terrible, but we will get to that at the end. We will get to that, but it's not related to this. Well, it is, but not in the way you think. The Carolina Hurricanes fall at home to the Nashville Predators. And very importantly, I want to point out that I knew when when they got to 65 shots on net that it was a record. I literally turned and was like, yo, that's the record for us. But we fall to the Nashville Predators inside of PNC Arena. Three to five with an empty net, or so maybe three to four if you want to be generous. And it seemed very sick of the hockey gods to make us play Vincent Trocek and Nieder Niederreiter for the first time back to back. That, you know, you only have to be so rude, Mr. Hockey Gods or Mrs. Hockey Gods or whatever you want to imagine the hockey gods are. That was just rude. And when we lost against both of them, it was kind of like, well, fitting. We lose to Vinny, we lose to Niederreiter, but we're going to go to Columbus. Everything will be fine. That's what we in the business like to call foreshadowing. Um, I do want to talk about Pacioretty a little bit more. A player who hasn't played since April 29th, putting up six shots, delivering two hits, and playing for a total of 16 minutes is incredible. And he was noticeable. If you watch that game, you notice Max Pacioretty. I actually want to play his 
post-game comments, and I'm going to do something I haven't really done before. The, the, it's slightly edit, edited in that I removed the beginning part where it wasn't really anything of substance, but I just want to play the like last half of his post-game comments, which is about Justin Williams, his recovery time, and you know what? Not going to set it up. Just listen. If you told yourself a month, or excuse me, back in August that you'd be back a month sooner than planned, would you believe it? Yeah. I always saw myself even earlier than that, but at the at the end of the day, uh, being realistic was uh, probably a little bit beyond today. So I'm uh, I'm happy I'm back playing with the team. I'm happy with how everything's gone, and uh, now it's my goal, and it's uh, my job to, to, to get better each and every day. How helpful was Justin Williams kind of throughout this whole process? Uh, I can't express enough gratitude for how much he's helped me through this process. Um, everyone knows that I skated with him, but uh, you know there were there were phone calls in there, there were long talks in there. Um, a guy that's not only done it but come out on the other side and you know been a uh, you know MVP of the of the playoffs, Stanley Cup champ, and uh, you can learn a lot from him even if you don't have uh, torn Achilles. You can uh, he's just uh, there's a reason why um, he has a name he has and. Um, I'll always kind of remember this time that I spent with him. You mentioned kind of how you were feeling, but how, how was the Achilles in the, that area specifically feeling? Didn't notice it at all. That's why I wanted to, like I said, try and get a little physicality early on and, and kind of block that out of my mind. Mentally, was there any like worry or trepidation before stepping onto the ice, or were you just psyched to get back on? I was psyched. There was some, yeah, there's some butterflies. Uh, my son's fourth birthday today, so we had a lot of excitement uh, in the household, but tried to dial it in and, and uh, not get too nervous uh, when I saw them there in warm-ups maybe. Got a little bit emotional, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that to do that, bro. All right, thanks, Max. Thanks, yeah, man. thank If you've never listened to a post-game scrum, you'll have no idea why I wanted to play that entire thing. The post-game scrums are normally very dry. You get very little out of players, but Max Pacioretty might be the best post-game interview I have ever heard. I, I cut off the first like, minute because it was just about the game, which, again, they lost and not in a good way. And I don't know. I just really appreciated how good of an interview Max Pacioretty appears to be. But final thoughts on the game. If you can credit it to anything, we got out goalied. For the first time, Kochekov lost a goalie battle. And honestly, like... Yeah, whatever, it's going to happen. He, he's 23 years old. This is still his rookie season, and Soros is neither of those things. It's not his rookie season. He's known around the league. And he stopped. <sighs> he found a way to stop 64 shots. Absurd. Absolutely. That does not happen. But he did it, and we lost in regulation which sucks even more because if we're going to lose, I want that loser's point. From here, I'll turn it over to the head coach for a couple post-game comments, and then we'll move on to Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. It was, listen, we played a good game. I'm not, I'm not going to put any negative on this. You put up 70 shots, you got to win the game. No, we didn't. We got to bury those. And, you know, you gotta give, what you got to do is give credit where credit's due. That guy played as good a game in the net that you're ever going to see. And that's the story. You can write other things, but essentially, that's the difference. 
He was then asked about Pacioretty and his glorious debut as a Hurricane. You know, he was, I, I, he was better than I thought. I mean, he, he didn't look like he'd been out for however many long games he's missed. I, he looked like he was right away ready to go, so I'm, I was impressed by him. Going to Ohio, going to Columbus, Ohio specifically, before we even get into the game, I just want you to know that forever, no matter whatever happens in between these two franchises, into the end of the days of the National Hockey League, which could be coming soon, we'll get to that, um, Columbus will always take the massive L from Carolina in losing the Hartford Whalers to begin with. For the people who don't know, and I'm sure there's more than a few, Columbus was one of the finalists for Hartford when Comanos was looking for a team. He went and toured. The problem is that they didn't have a building, and taxpayers didn't want to build a building. So we won out. And I don't care how long it's been. By the way, it's been 25 years. They will always take that massive L from us. Hey, you want to beat us in a shootout even though you were garbage as a team? That's fine. Hey, did you get the Whalers? Because I know for a fucking fact that you didn't. Stay in Ohio, you stupid, stupid people. (sighs) Remember when I opened this and said my emotions were in control? That might not have been true. But still, screw Columbus. I'm going to start with post-games, which we normally don't do. I normally don't like doing that. But I have a couple of rants to get on here. And there's a question or two I should answer from Twitter, which, by the way, tweet me questions if you want to. Um, but we're going to start with post-game. We're going to start with the head coach, as always, Mr. Rod the Bod, Brindamore. Rod, we talked after the second. You said you kind of wanted to wipe the slate clean and, and just get your team back up to their game. What did you take away from that final third period? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, it's not a great goal there get it tied up so then it kind of you know I think at the end of the day we didn't kill the penalties very well um so that's kind of you know masking maybe or not masking makes it feel worse in the game we had a pretty solid game in some areas and special teams wasn't great even though we got two power by goals that 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 we got fortunate really uh on those so you know that's that's an area that wasn't great tonight and that's probably the difference in the game Max Pacioretty with two goals today. What did you take away just from seeing him get yeah. going so early? Well, it was nice. You know, he got the, the one, and then the power play goal was a nice shot. Um, that's what he can do, right? I mean, he's uh, he's got a, a great shot. So good for him to get on the board and hopefully have many more of those. Brady had mentioned that the team wasn't playing the way that they needed to. What would you like to see a little bit different in the contest? Well, we can't take bad penalties. I mean, that's it's just that's the killer, you know, and – um, so that doesn't help. You know, it's little uncharacteristic things that we do that, that cost us the game. I mean, we still could have won the game very easily. I mean, we'd actually even had an our stick to win in a shootout after all that, that was going on. So it's it's just, you know, you can't make those little mistakes, even if it's it's one here or there, because it could cost you the game. And that's kind of what's happened here the last couple of nights where you played good enough to win, for sure. Definitely got your, you're doubling your chances on the other team, blah, blah, blah. But... You know, you gotta, you gotta value every shift. I know you're a one day at a, a time type of coach. Does it get more increasingly challenging after you know you have a game like that Thursday against Nashville, and then another one like that today? Well, it's tough because the guys know that 
you know, they, they played. We definitely created enough chances to win, and their goalies played phenomenal in two games. But it's, it, I always say it's not about that part of it because you, you're going to, you know, you may not score. You may not go in. Uh, you have to make sure you're taking care of the other end, and part of that is killing penalties. Part of that is not taking the penalties. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of all part of it. I agree that we shouldn't take bad penalties. I assume that we all agree, <laughs> no matter what. Who you are, agree, we just shouldn't take bad penalties. I don't think we lost tonight because we took bad penalties. There was one, like, stupid penalty that shouldn't have happened. That was Andrei Svechnikov's second call. Yeah, that's that was a back check. That's cheating, whatever. The rest of them, not so much. And we'll touch on that. Ultimately, it's hard to not see the cracks in the glass and it appears that that's what a lot of fans are doing carolina's power play is garbage and don't like don't i'm not using some fancy french word i don't want you to misunderstand the carolina hurricanes have a bad power play a substandard a poor an inferior and unfortunate, an unfavorable, a unlucky, maybe, whatever term you want to use, it just needs to clarify the point that it is bad. And it's not the same type of bad that it was earlier in the season. So earlier in the season, they just weren't moving, but they would like get in the zone and they just wouldn't move. Like the individual players would stay in a position, just kind of pass it back and forth. And then every once in a while, the defending team would grab it, get it out of the zone. Cool. Now it almost seems like they're trying to force the opportunity to be created, which is absurd because you're on the power play. You have the man advantage. And it, it just seems like we're forcing it. And I don't understand why. I don't, you know, we put 67 shots on Soros, and that's cool. If we do that every night, you know, President's Trophy, Stanley Cup, greatest team of all time, but we don't. And when we get the opportunity on the power play to dominate, it just isn't there. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about how we are a defensive-minded team. We play a 200-foot game. You need to backcheck and forecheck, like the whole thing. And I don't know, like, I, I, the power play has to work, guys. I realize I just talked about this in the last episode, but it, it, it has to work. If you had to guess right now, where do you think Carolina is in the league? A percentage. Guess whichever one you want. On the power play. Ten seconds on the clock. Let's go. Carefully, not a lot of time left. Final answers. We're bad. <laughs> Sorry, but we are bad. Um, <laughs> that was funnier to me than it will be to anyone else. We are currently 25th in the league at 19.7% on the man advantage. The team right above us, if you had to guess, who do you think it was going to be? No timer. It's the Blackhawks. It's the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, the worst team in the league. You know, the team that all they're doing at this point is tanking for Bedard. Yeah, no, that's, uh, 
that team's better than us on the man advantage. In fact, so are the Coyotes and the Red Wings and the Sharks and the Penguins. Like, guys, these teams, well, the Penguins aren't terrible, but the rest of them are not good teams. Like, they, they just aren't. And I'm tired of hearing, well, you know, we, we can win without it. We can't. I am saying it here. We will not win a Stanley Cup with a power play below 20%. It, at a very minimum, has to be in the high 20s. 27, 28, 29. That or above, good, fine, whatever. That is a dangerous power play. It could be a dangerous power play. 19% will not work. It will not work. It will not happen. And I, 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 I'm just so perplexed on how anyone can still be ignoring this problem. Oh, goalies are bad. Oh, they're so bad. Uh, no, they're not, actually. I mean, they're not, you know, the best goalies of all time. But who is anymore? Actually, quite a few people. But we don't have them. And Ranta and Kakanyemi, sorry, Ranta and Kochekov have been fine. Kochekov had been great, and now he's coming back down to earth, and people are overreacting to well, all of these or their losses. No, they're not. Even tonight in Columbus, that loss is not on Auntie Ranta. If you want to be serious, so there was three goals scored and hat-trick and whatever. That's good for him. I don't. I, that's not what I'm here for. It's not what I'm here for. That first goal, Ranta wasn't able to get to the post. Uh, he was like, I don't know, point zero zero one seconds too slow. It happens. That's that. You know what? That one's on Ranta. That is that is a Ranta goal. Yay! The next one, on the second one, Mosheko is left alone in front of the net. And I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a power play. They have a man advantage. You don't have anyone there guarding the front of the net. He's literally directly in front of Ranta. No one else is there. That's not on Ranta. Why was he left alone? It's a team sport. But that's, you know, there was a whole nother goal. Surely that one's Ranta's fault, except it wasn't because Ranta was screened. Because get this, there was no one in front of the fucking net playing defense. That's not on Ranta. It's not. And I'll say that they do allow some soft goals, and that's not great. And I wish we had better goals ending sometimes. You can say that and still say, hey, that team played poorly in front of you. Which is what happened tonight. That team played poorly. The Carolina Hurricanes played poorly. Except Brady Shea still have an ear. Max Pacioretty got two goals. He was on Hattie Watch, and he almost won it in the shootout. But he didn't. Martin Natchez was on a seven-game point streak before he came in through tonight. Paul Stastny is currently on a three-game point streak. I don't want you guys to think that I'm tearing the team down, we're never going to win, everything's terrible, and we should just give up. Well, this team is still a good hockey team. Our power play is garbage, yes. And for some reason, we are struggling. I don't know if it's a confidence problem. I, I can tell you it's a confidence problem with Teravainen. That is a confidence problem. And it seems like it has somehow, the Finnish connection, spread the confidence problem. It's starting to appear like Alejo has one too. Our top line has been the worst line out of the four for the last handful of games. That's why Pacioretty 
Teravine got switched at the before puck drop tonight. It it is what it is, guys. These three games hurt. Losing to Vinny and Niederreiter, I could have ultimately dealt with, but losing in a shootout to Columbus, like yikes on bikes, guys. We are not this team. I didn't think we were this team. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll recover. It'll be fine. It does. The next win will be Rod Brindamore's 200th win as head coach. And doesn't it almost seem like, you know, when, uh, like, even when Ovi, when Ovi was close to cracking 800, it took him a little second. When he was about to uh, break Gordie Howe's uh, milestone of 803 or 804, whatever it is. It took in cold games. Is it possible that we're just being put on hold by the hockey guys? Like, ah, we need them to savor this even more. So they put us on hold. They're like, you're going to lose three in a row, and then you're going to beat New Jersey again. So first of all, it's going to feel great beating New Jersey, and then you're going to get Rod's 200th win on top of snapping a losing streak. That's going to feel great if it happens Tuesday night. From here on, I will say, I'm going to lose my mind a tad. I have facts, figures, everything here is supported. The National Hockey League is failing. Not monetarily. Though, in fact, making record profits. It's amazing. It's awesome. Coolio! They are failing to build a fan base. There's a lot of different reasons you can go into this. We're not great at marketing. We put ourselves in NBC, which undervalued our product. That happened. ESPN, TNT should help with that. And in fact, they are. And interesting enough, if you actually dig into the numbers, the area where we grow the most, like population-wise, is women. So all of you guys who are, well, these puck bunnies are ruining my game. Those puck bunnies, quote-unquote, which, by the way, pretty pretty sexist, but not my point, um... Or why the National Hockey Leagues and multiple franchises are making record profits. Because they're coming to these games. They're buying jerseys. Oh, well, they only care about attractive men. That's stupid. Not my point. But that is stupid. That's where we're growing. It's literally an underserved fan base. But with people who know of hockey, we're not growing. If you look at the most hundred of the hundred most viewed events last year... Like, 80-something of them were football games, specifically NFL football games. Another five of them were college football. Like, another five is um, political events. Okay, that all kind of makes sense. Then you got NBA games and soccer games, and that that's it. That's all you got. No hockey whatsoever. And I would ask you why. Why does the National Hockey League, the world's premier hockey league, struggle to grow and its major markets of Canada and the United States. I'm a die-hard hockey fan. I don't know if you can tell by the fact that I've started a media company based around a hockey team. I am a die-hard hockey fan. I'll watch the All-Star Game. I'll watch the Winter Classic, the Stadium Series, the Draft. I'll do all of it. I hate this league. This league sucks in so many ways most of all it's product on 
the ice. It's funny, Gary Bettman gets credited with growing the game. And whatever, I'm not here to debate that. It's wrong, but I'm not here to debate that. NFL, NFL, NHL officiating. It would help if I knew which league I was talking about. NHL officiating is deplorable. It's terrible. It's, in fact, worse than Carolina's power play. Yay, we finally found something that was worse. I am a diehard fan, and there were rules within the rule book that I don't understand. I can read them black and white and, you know, comprehend what it says. And then in practice, I have no clue. It depends on whoever's making the call. What? How is that a thing? How, how does a professional sports league that generates billions of dollars, the National Hockey League generates more money than some small countries. And I have no idea what some rules mean. Explain to me what goaltender interference is right now. I'll wait. You can't. Because I will automatically find something that does not match your description that they call this goaltender interference. Because that's what they do. And I'm, I'm so tired of, well, it's a fast game. Sometimes they miss things. Okay. It's 2023, not 1973. You can set a referee upstairs, like Brenda Moore said many of times. Set a referee upstairs. Give them a screen. They make a call. That referee makes a quick review of the play. Hey, sorry, that's not a penalty. Or, hey, sorry, actually, penalty called the wrong guy. It wasn't this guy. It was number 12. 12 goes to the box. We could do that super easily. And it wouldn't even take time because the guy's up there. That's his one job is to review it after the whistle's blown. But we don't do that. And for these three games, I'm not blaming the losses on poor officiating because ultimately you have to be good enough to get over that hump. But you shouldn't have to. The officiating in that Rangers game was deplorable. The officiating in the first period of the Nashville game, downright awful. Martin Natchez was assaulted at center ice. No call. No, sir. No, sir. No call. That's legal. You're allowed to check a player to the ice when the puck is not even on the same half of the rink. Are you kidding me? That's a thing we can do? Let's talk about, no, let's talk about tonight in Columbus where Seth Jarvis gets pushed into the net and as a response, he gets assaulted. He gets beat up by the goalie and then Columbus players because he was pushed into the net. And then the little cherry on top as he gets called for goaltender interference. Are you kidding me? This is the league I support. I spend hundreds of dollars on merchandise. Hundreds. I spend thousands of dollars a year on this stupid league, which is a luxury. That is my luxury money. I am fortunate enough to do that. And this is how I'm thinking. This is how we're all thinking. Even if you spend no money and you just turn in, tune in and watch the game and give them views so they can negotiate a higher contract, this is how they reward you. With subpar officiating. See, even Danny's getting upset. That's how absurd it is. How bad NHL officiating is that my dog, who barely understands the command to sit. That's untrue. I shouldn't disparage him like that. But still understands that this officiating is terrible. I, my quick side story. My husband did not grow up a hockey fan. 
I introduced him to the sport, took him to his first game, all of that. And slowly but surely, I've, you know, teaching him the rules, what this means. Truthfully, I, he doesn't super care, but he pretends to care, and that's what matters. And I can't tell you how fucking infuriating it is to try to teach him. And then the, the league itself, the people it is put in charge of officiating games decides, no, we're good. Nah, that's not a cross check. Oh, well, that one is, though, because we, we have decided. It, 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 literally, the rule book does not matter. It just doesn't matter. Because from night to night, it will change. Because they'll either decide to put away the whistles or they'll decide to call everything. They'll decide to call a tripping and then they'll call an embellishment on the very same place. Same guy. They're saying the guy who was stripped embellished the trip. How can it be both? He either embellished or he didn't. It's either a trip or it's not. It cannot be both. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. I'm a diehard hockey fan. We've been over this. You're most likely also a diehard hockey fan if you're listening to this program. And neither of us can explain to anyone whether or not a goaltender interference call will make it or not. Hey, I can teach you offsides all day long. Icing, all day long. Can't tell you what goaltender interference is. I can't tell you why they call embellishment sometimes. Like, it makes no sense to me. I can't tell you why in 2023, the National Hockey League can't take the time to not only update the rulebook, but to make the game easier to officiate. No idea why there isn't someone sitting up in a box somewhere with different screens and they review the calls 30 seconds after they made, happened. It's really not that hard. They just roll back the tape 30 seconds. They will say what the official on the ice saw. If it matches, it's a good call. If it doesn't match, it's not a good call. It's not that hard. It's actually stupid simple. And the National Hockey League has decided they don't care. Because, hey, you'll watch anyways. And we will. That's the problem, is we will. I will continue to go on this rant for years. And I'll still tune in to watch the game. But I can tell you, from first-hand experience, new fans will not. They just won't. They'll be like, hey, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'll go watch the NBA. Because the NBA officials are accountable. National Hockey League officials are are not accountable. Oh, well, they get notes after the game, but the calls they missed, I don't care. That's not... Okay, you're right. You know what? They do do that, and they get better, right? Oh, no, they don't. There was no accountability whatsoever, and it leads to so many problems, man. How many times have you seen a, a referee not make a call? So the other team decides, well, if they're not going to make a call, let's get some retribution. And now there's a fight, someone gets injured, all because an official decided, I'm not going to make that call. What are we doing here? Is this a professional league or not? <sighs> okay, yeah, that was, that was my rant. <laughs> that, was, that was my rant. That we went in deep. Ultimately, takeaways. These three-game losing streak sucks. No, it is not solely the goalie's fault. Kochekov has some rusting to deal with. Auntie Ranta 
is not an all-star goalie. He is a good goalie and can sometimes do exceptional things. But the team in front of them has to play well. If this game, um, if sorry, if this team won a game with David Ayers in the net, they can win a game with Antti Ranta and Kochekov playing the worst game of their careers. That could happen. The game, in, the team in front of them has to be as good as they were on that 11-game winning streak. Anyways, this went on a really long time. Did not expect that rant to go as long as it did. I, 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 there was some passion in that. I don't know if you could tell. Thank you, as always, for listening to Home Ice Advantage. If you've made it all the way to the end, might as well subscribe. Obviously, you enjoy the content. And if you've already subscribed, well, take the extra two seconds and rate us five stars. We'll be best friends on whatever platform you listen to. You can also check out the Home Ice Advantage blog, link down below, or follow me on Twitter, at Colin Home Ice. Still have some exciting things to announce very soon. I appreciate your listening. I should be back on Wednesday. I'll talk to you guys then. Enjoy your week.